This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Tuesday afternoon. I'm just beginning to see. Now I'm on my way. It is a Tuesday edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. If you're listening the day the show's uploaded, by the way, you can listen any single day. That's right. It doesn't have to be on Tuesday to listen to this Tuesday show. This is episode number 1,675. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! Hi! Hi, I'm your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. That is so true, and the hero of this story is right next to me. She's pretty as a daisy But look how mad she's crazy She'll really do you in If you let her get under your skin Yeah, it's Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And how are you on this Tuesday? I'm doing great. Now, it's not a Tuesday afternoon as we record this. It's a Tuesday early morning before the hour of sunrise. We do these very early every day. To be available for you on your way to possible, you know, work or class or school or whatever. Whatever you start your day with, we, you know, we are available just for you for some pop culture escapism. Tell your friends you found something a little bit different and something they don't have to listen to on traditional radio. They can find it right here, The Riley and Kimmy Show, on any computing device. And by the way, if you'd like The Riley and Kimmy Show to play on your favorite AM or FM radio station... Please contact the station management, the programming department, the sales department, and say, hey, we, we want Riley, the Riley and Kimmy show on, on, on the air there. And we have a link so you can communicate with whomever with us. It's on our contact page. And you can find out the radio station that you're looking for specifically. If you're not quite sure, we have a radio locator available on our links list on our website. Other things on our website, celebrity interviews we've done, also pop culture links, and the easiest way to take us anywhere on planet Earth, you can listen through iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud. Those platforms are available along with our social media. You can listen through that way as well and communicate with us and find out uh, chances to win from time to time and chances to save money, like with purchasing tickets in advance for Ancient City Con, which is happening in St. Augustine, Florida, this September. The Riley and Kimmy Show will be part of that. We have a link to help you out to uh, purchase tickets right now. You don't want to miss out on this event and you want to save, so just go to our Facebook page. You can find the link or our website or Twitter page. You can find the links to everything we've just mentioned on our website. What is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com Pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. That is the question for Kimmy. Does she want to play pop culture trivia today? Is her mind alert enough at this hour before sunrise to play the game? What say you? I'm ready. Okay, that's all we can ask. Help Kimmy out with some of these questions. She will actually need your help. 
And you can do that by talking to, whispering to, shouting to, whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. She believes in time travel answers. So she's in your past. You are in her future. And the two of you can communicate according to Kimmy. Yeah, I say it's kind of crazy, but she says it actually works. And you could talk to anything because we are mobile. We are global. You can take the Riley and Kimmy show anywhere on planet Earth. Kimmy, the very first question we have for you is in the world of space. Space exploration, that is. We're looking for a decade something happened. It was on this date in time and space. The Apollo Soyuz mission happened. It's when an Apollo spacecraft docked with a Soyuz spacecraft that happened in orbit. It was the first link up between the United States and the Soviet Union. What decade did this happen? Was it the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, or 1980s? What is the answer? 1970s? You're correct, Kimmy. It was 1975. It was actually Apollo 8 that was used for this. And the American astronauts, one of them being Deke Slayton, who went all the way back to the Mercury missions, they had to learn Russian. And the Russians had to learn English. And when they opened the hatch between the two, they had to speak in each other's language. That was one of the most difficult things to prepare for that mission, according to Deke Slayton. Hmm. You can find that in his autobiography. We're looking for the year and the location this happened, Kimmy. The year we're giving you a plus or minus of five years. Disneyland opened. Disneyland opened. Disneyland opened what year within five years and what state? California, 1965. Ten years off, Kimmy, 1955, Anaheim, California. I take it you've been there. Uh Uh-huh. The year is 1941. The longest hitting streak in baseball comes to an end. This is when a Cleveland Indians pitcher, matter of fact, the, well, the team, held this individual off from a hit, made him hitless for the first time in 57 games. Kimmy, who is the person? He played for the New York Yankees. Babe Ruth? Years 1941. Want to stick with that? Mickey Mantle? No. Here is a clue for you. This individual, years later, would be known for selling coffee machines. For the special people on your gift list... Giving Mr. Coffee is the delicious way to say Merry Christmas. Everyone would love- Who is it, Kimmy? Joe DiMaggio. Started baseball's famous streak that's got us all aglow. He's just a man and not a free. Jolton Joe DiMaggio. Joe, Joe DiMaggio, we want you and us. He tied the mark at 44, July the 1st, you know. Since then he's hit a good 12 more, Jolton Joe DiMaggio. Joe, Joe DiMaggio, we want you Moving somewhere else on the timeline, Kimmy, it's television. Now, a show that actually was radio and TV. We started radio but went to TV immediately. Well, it goes to TV on this date. A television show for the Colgate Comedy Hour. That's what its original title was, the Colgate Comedy Hour. Featuring a comedy duo debuts on network TV. Tell me the name of the comedy duo. Let me explain something to you people out there. You see, when we put this show together, we were about eight minutes over. You know? See, so we cut out most of the singers and the comics. See? 
because he's the singer and I'm the comic, and if we had others, well... Oh, stop a second. <laughs> oh, no, I want to... Well, you say, now you have to keep... Oh, look, I think it's very nice for uh, Colgate to have us on every four weeks because... Nothing nice about it. They want us and they're paying and that's all there is to it. What's your teeth with Ajax? Ajax dental cream that cleans your teeth with toothpaste. Uh, oh, no, you don't brush your teeth with Ajax. No, you brush your teeth with Colgate. Dental cream. You know, it's such a wonderful thing to Wait be... Wait a minute, well, what, what are you, is you saying? You what say? is it? Seriously, seriously, uh, we're very thrilled to be on the air for Colgate. They actually had to fill eight minutes. They were eight minutes short. And you have improv there, which is priceless. You can find that online. Kimmy, can you tell me the comedy duo? Martin and Lewis. That's correct. Their TV show is highly, highly rated. And it was very successful on radio previously to that. The year is 1959. Kimmy, it is movie time. A movie is released on this date. Its director did the trailer. He actually voiced and appeared on camera for the film. See if you can tell us the name of the movie, Kimmy, with his brief uh, description of it. And tell us who the movie director is. The year is 1959. Have you planned your vacation yet? You have a choice between sand and sunburn, or mountain climbing and the Charlie horse. I find it all very enervating, but we should all have some kind of holiday. So, my suggestion is a quiet little tour, say about 2,000 miles. I have just made a motion picture to show you some of these delights. And the ideal place to start our holiday fun trip is New York. Kimmy, can you identify that classic film? North by Northwest. Correct. Who is the director? You heard him right there. That would be Alfred Hitchcock. And can you name one of the stars from that movie? Gregory Peck. No, good guess though. Rock Hudson? That's a very good guess, but no, he was extremely big as well, this actor. Uh, no. Judy, Judy, Judy. That's your clue. Oh. That's, um, um. You Im- do his impersonation, Kimmy. You and Goober Pyle both do. Oh, boy. It's Cary Grant, Kimmy. Yes, and uh, Eva Marie Saint starred in that film. It premiered on this date in Los Angeles, 1959. Have you ever seen that movie? I have never (gasps) seen that movie. Oh, what is wrong with you, Kimmy? I hope the uh, classic cinemas in Greater Orlando will run that sometime. I know they got some uh, movies coming out real soon, like Batman this coming weekend, right? Mm Mm-hmm, 1989 Batman. Yeah, Batman. Yes. Going to go see Batman. Mm -hmm. And wasn't uh, Big Trouble in Little China going to be there? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I think Wrath we got of Khan. Wrath of Khan. Okay, so we got like three weekends of uh, vintage films yeah, to see please. on the big screen. Mm-hmm. The year is 1967. This single is recorded. It would eventually go to number two on the Billboard charts. It would be released about September of 1967. Tell me the title of the song. <laughs> Kim, 
Can you identify the song, Kimmy? Heard it through the grapevine. I heard it through the grapevine. Kimmy, can you identify the recording group? Gladys Knight. And? The Pips. Yeah, that's right. That was a number two hit in 1967. 1968, somebody else would have it as a hit, and it's more identified with that person. Who would have it as a hit in 1968 for Motown? Oh, well, that's uh, Marvin Gaye. Correct. The year's 1967. This group. with the monkeys. The people said we're monkeying around. We're too busy singing. Put down. 1967, they perform at Forest Hills, New York. Their opening act is... Who is the opening act for the Monkees? <laughs> Jimi Hendrix? I would give anything for a time machine. That'd be one of the things I'd like, wow. to, I'd like to see that concert. I bet that was a trip. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if he was a shock to, you know, because the, the bubblegum thing, you know, the Monkees, and then you got Hendrix. Wow. Hmm. Or how about that? those two groups combining there for that concert? Hmm. Yow. The year is 1968. This feature-length cartoon premieres in London, Kimmy. It's also a hit song. Identify the title, please. In the town where I was born, lived a man who sailed to sea. Can you tell us the title? Yellow Submarine. In our yellow submarine. Whose cartoon, whose hit song is that? The Beatles. Correct, and I believe that is playing at theaters across the country. You need to check. Somebody in the studio has not checked to see if it's playing in Greater Orlando for me. Ooh. Uh, somebody was supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. It's for the, the 50th anniversary. Uh-huh. I'd love to see that. I've never seen it in color, and I don't know if I've actually ever seen it in its entirety because it used to scare me to death when it mm. ran on TV when I was a little kid. The year is 1976. This single is released. It would become this uh, duo's First top ten hit in the United States. It would peak at number nine on the Billboard charts. Tell us the title. Oh, late nights so long ago, when I was not so strong, you know. A pretty man came to me, never seen her so blue. So I could not run away at sea. We'd seen each other in a dream. Seemed like he knew me. He looked right through me. Yeah. What is the title? Magic man. Try, try, try to understand. He's a magic man, mama. Who had that as a number nine hit? It was released on this date, Kimmy, 1976. Heart. Correct. The year is 1987. This individual, who is part of a monster group, a super group, signs a solo deal with Virgin Records. He does have a couple of big hits on the classic rock, or actually the rock charts. Tell me who it is. Here's a clue. Take it so hard. Number three, back in 1988. Can you tell me who the recording artist is? Mm. No. Known for his guitar work. Here's another clue, Kimmy. Work 
dreams. Can you identify who it is? Keith Richards. Oh, how on earth did you do that? How did you do that? Really? Uh, you, you're right. That was number three hit on the rock charts. Wicked as it seems. Keith Richards, 1987, signed with Virgin Records. The year is 1989. This single is released. The song reached number 18 on the British charts. Did not chart in the United States. Tell me who the recording artist is. If I never did it, I was only waiting for a better moment that didn't come. There never could be a better moment than this one. This one, this one is lighting. This one, that's the song from 1989. Who's the recording artist? Paul McCartney. That's correct. The year is 1988. This film is released. Let's see if you can actually tell us the title with this brief clue. Listen carefully and tell us the stars. Here's your clue. Good morning, senor. Good morning, senorita. Give it back. What? Whatever it is you have stolen from my father, I want it back. Give it to me. No. I don't have the time to give you the proper instruction. I have had the proper instruction since I was four. Obviously some sword play there. Kimmy, can you tell me the name of the film? Zorro. Uh, we'll accept that. The Mask of Zorro, 1998. Tell me the stars. Antonio Banderas. Yes. And Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yes, and you had a... Well, a safety net there. You could have said Anthony Hopkins, too. He started it as well. The year is 2004. This individual is sentenced to five months in prison plus five months in home confinement for lying to federal investigators. Tell me who this television personality is. And because these fillings are so opulent, take out some of the interior of the bread. Don't throw it away, though. You can use it for uh, stuffings and whatever else you use breadcrumbs for. Keep pulling out that bread so that you make a nice hollow in this peasant loaf. Do it for the top and the bottom. Th this way you're left with a real nice crusty bread. Can you identify who got in trouble today, Kimmy? Martha Stewart? Yeah, you, you got that right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how she got that one. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Kimmy's going to need you to shout out an answer. Maybe, uh, although the judges say give her an easy clue. Please on this one. Earl Stanley Gardner was born on this date, 1889. Kimmy was an American author, best known for a certain series of books, detective books, that went to radio, then very successful on television. Do you know the character he is famous for creating? Sam Spade? No, very good guess, though. Here is your clue. Something that went to television. Tell me the character. Who is it? Well, what is the character, Kimmy? Perry Mason. That's right. He created Perry Mason, wrote a ton of Perry Mason books. Matter of fact, he was the best-selling American author of the 20th century at the time of his death in 1970. Moving to another birthday, actor. He was actually a triple threat, an actor, a dancer, a singer, born 1899. In 1999, the American Film Institute ranked him eighth among its greatest male stars of the golden age of Hollywood. 
Orson Welles said of him, he was maybe the greatest actor who ever appeared in front of a camera. And Stanley Kubrick considered him to be one of the best actors of all time. Here's your clue, Kimmy. Tell me, who was born on this date? He's gone, eh? Come out and shake it, you dirty yellow-bellied rat, or I'll give it to you through the door. Oh, oh please, Matt, listen to me, will you? Get away from me. Get away from me. I got you. Still give it to you, too. Get away from that door. No. Get away from that door. Can you tell me who it is, Kimmy? Oh. Uh-oh. This isn't good. No, I I know. He's saying I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kimmy, come on. According to one of the interviews we did with an autograph expert, that is Uncle Al, he stated that this person continued to answer his own fan mail clear up to his death, and he oh. would do it every single day. What every are, day he would he would set aside a little bit of time to answer fan mail. What are his initials? J.C., one of the most imitated individuals. Jimmy Cagney. James Cagney, Jimmy Cagney, either one. We'll accept it. Kimmy, next person born, 1912. He was a host of House Party, which ran on CBS radio and TV as well for 25 years. And people are funny on NBC radio and television for 19 years. One of the things he's known for, one of the things that survived the course of time, is he would have a feature called Kids Say the Darndest Things. Who was born on this date? Hello there. In just a moment, we're going to talk to the kids. But before I do, I'd like to tell you about the two rules that I try to follow in presenting youngsters. First of all, I never tell them what to say. Because I figure that they can think of better things to say than I could, even if I wanted to tell them. And secondly, I never tell them what not to say. Because if they say something startling or unsuspecting, they say it in all innocence, in all frankness. Never embarrasses me. Uh, even a story that a little girl told the other day. I said to her, how'd your mother and daddy meet? And she said, um, well, mother was taking a bath one day. <laughs> That's a great start for a story, isn't it? And she said, the doorbell rang, and my little sister answered the doorbell, and there was a man there who said that he'd like to see mother. So my little sister let him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't tell what they're going to say, but... You know that it's going to be fun as we invite you in to meet our four young guests in our playroom. Sorry I missed that show over the course of time. Yeah, Do you think that influenced that one Bill Cullen uh, kid game show where you had to guess Mm. what the kid was talking about? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, okay, who is it? Who was born 1912? Art Link Clutter. That's right. Do you realize he was on game, board games? Uh Uh-huh. I wish I could find the Art Link Clutter board game. Uh, Yeah, we had it. What, we had it. No, we what, didn't have wow. it. Well, not we. You, you know. your, your childhood, you right. had it. Mm-hmm. Also, he invested quite well, Kimmy, in, well, way back when. He was the original investor in the hula hoop. And I'm not kidding. I'm making this up. Mm. And the game of life. He is featured on one of the big money bills. Oh, wow. Yeah, he introduced and marketed the game of life originally. Comedian born on this date, 1917, tell me who it is. Well, I got sick and tired of having the dog drag me out in the yard and bury me. <laughs> who is she? Phyllis Diller. You got it. Next person, actor, once you identify the voice, tell us how old he is within five years, Kimmy. Known to a younger generation, well, because of the film, well, the franchise, The Hunger Games. He played the president in The Hunger Games from 2012 to 2015. Known for playing Hawkeye in the 1970 film version of MASH, you know him for a film called Backdraft. Tell me who he is. He played an arsonist. 
you loved him. And you watched him dance with the animal. You saw your dad burn. Did it look at you? Did the fire look at you? It did. Oh. Oh. Whoever did this really knows the animal well, don't they? You know them real well, but they won't let him loose. They won't let him have any fun, so they don't love him. Now, who doesn't love fire? And is around cryptochlorine, don't they? He, uh, he can be creepy. Can you tell me the name of the actor from that 1990-something, yeah, 91 film. That's right, 1991 film, Backdraft. Donald Sutherland. Yes, he was also in JFK that time period. He played the character X. Can you tell me how old Donald Sutherland is within five years? Um, 89? He is 83 today. Next person born, 1950 singer. Known for this hit from 1975, it hit number five on the pop charts, number one on the adult contemporary. Tell me who it is. You're hiding something sweet, please give it to me, yeah, to me. Oh, oh, talk to me some more. You don't have to go. You're the poetry man. You make things all Born 1950, that singer, who is it, Kimmy? Maria Moldauer? No, very good guess, Phoebe Snow. Next individual actor, known for a, well, uh, quite a few shows, but got his major start, major recognition in a daytime drama. Tell us the soap opera. What is the soap opera? Young and Restless. That's correct, Kimmy. And he went on to many things, including this show. Identify the TV series. Do you know it? Baywatch. Yes, Kimmy. This individual holds a Guinness Book of World's Record, Kimmy. He is the most watched man on television. Can you tell me who is having a birthday? Hi, uh, Lieutenant. Need a little help? Nope. I need a lot of help. I'm Michael Knight. Robin Ladd. What's the problem? Won't go. Don't get too technical on me here. <laughs> Mind if I take a look? <laughs> Pop the hood, huh? He is having a birthday, Kimmy. He is well known for Baywatch. Known for this TV show. Can you identify the TV show? Knight Rider. Yes. Known for Young and Restless. He played what character? Snapper. Yes. Can you tell me who he is? Who's having a birthday? That is David Hasselhoff. Yes. How old is David Hasselhoff today within five years? Um fifty-five. He would, he would actually give you a big fist bump, Kimmy. He is 66 today. Next individual, singer, celebrating her 55th birthday. She had a huge hit with Peebo Bryson back in 1992. Can you tell me who she is? Unbelievable sight. 
Number one from 1992. She had that duet with Peebo Bryson. She's having a birthday. She's 55. Who is she, Kimmy? Ooh, no, I can't do it. Shame on you. That's Regina Bell. And that was from the Aladdin, you know, the Aladdin theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you remember the song at mm-hmm. least, right? Okay. I see dead people. Notable deaths. Famous people who passed away on this date in history. He died 1961 at the age of 74. Tell us why he is on the famous list, Kimmy. His name, Ty Cobb. He was a baseball player. He set 90 Major League Baseball records during his career. And in 1999, editors at the Sporting News ranked Ty Cobb third on their list of baseball's 100 greatest players of all time. The year is 2005. Actress Geraldine Fitzgerald passes away. At the age of 91, she did a lot of film work in the 50s. Some television work going, well, clear into the 80s. Next individual, Kimmy, passed away 2009 at the age of 92. Identify who it is. This is my last broadcast as the Anchorman. For me, it's a moment for which I long have planned, but which nevertheless comes with some sadness. For almost two decades, after all, we've been meeting like this in the evenings, and I'll miss that. Who is it? Walter Cronkite. Correct, Kimmy. The judges say you did a fantastic job on this Tuesday. Thank you. We're going to go back in time and honor a couple of things we talked about on Trivia with the Golden Age of Radio, an old-time radio tribute. Radio was new. Radio, someone still loves you. We mentioned just moments ago that Geraldine Fitzgerald died on this date, 2005, at the age of 91. On this podcast, we have the 1948 Golden Age of Radio production, Paging Miss Ellen. She starred in this with, this is this is ear candy here, with Bud Collier, who was the voice of Superman and Clark Kent on the Golden Age of Radio of Superman and in the cartoons, 1966 cartoon, and the Fleischer cartoons back in the 40s. Now, the plot, the story of, of Ellen, it's the story of Ellen Swallow, one of the first women to study science and who then stayed on at MIT to teach chemistry. Fantastic production. If you enjoy that, we have a bonus on our website. Actor James Cagney was born on this date in 1899. We have a 1948 golden age of radio production called No Escape. He stars in No Escape and the plot, a story about a man who wins the safest driver award who becomes a hit-and-run killer of four people. That's from 1948. It's on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Right now, here's our tribute to Geraldine Fitzgerald, paging Miss Ellen on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Good evening. This is Geraldine Fitzgerald. Tonight's cavalcade is a story of a shocking young lady named Ellen Swallow who dared become a scientist during the 1870s when no nice girl dreamed of venturing outside the sewing circle. And now, paging Miss Ellen, starring Geraldine Fitzgerald as Ellen Swallow in an original radio play on the DuPont Cavalcade of America. Sir, 
You there. What are you about? Why, it's Professor Richards. Good morning, Dr. Andrews. Why are you whispering? Why are you standing there peering into the laboratory window? Stop shushing me. What's going on here, anyway? I've heard this to be a very interesting experiment conducted in the chemistry class this morning. It may even be dangerous. Quite so, quite so. May I ask just what you've heard? Uh, may I ask just what you've heard? That the experiment is to be most unusual. In fact, utterly fantastic. Uh, observed anything? Not yet, sir. Oh, good. Then it hasn't begun. <clears throat> Move over. <laughs> In 1871, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology was a young school, but its men were already gaining a reputation for their scientific pioneering, their fearless experiments. Well, not the least fearless of these took place one winter morning in the chemistry laboratory. It was the day a woman walked into the class for the first time. And you will observe that as Berthelot maintains, chemistry possesses this active faculty to a more eminent degree than... Well, miss... What is it? Professor Ordway? Yes, yes. What do you want? There's a class going on. I'm Ellen Swallow. I'd like to enroll in this course, sir. <laughs> Quiet, gentlemen, please. Ellen Swallow, eh? Yes, sir. President Runkle did mention some nonsense about a woman wishing to study at MIT, but I hardly dared hope she would honor the chemistry department. I hope to major in chemistry, sir, with your permission. This is an advance class, young lady. And the term has already begun. We have no time for tea parties. I didn't earn my degree at Vassar by attending tea parties, Professor. I'm prepared for advanced work. I dare say that point remains to be proved. Oh, please let me prove it, sir. Hmm. I'll have to discuss the matter with Dr. Runkle. Meanwhile, take a table over near the wall for today. I'm sure Mr. Sims will be delighted to make room for you. Won't you, Sims? Yes, sir. Oh, thank you ever so much, Professor. However, Miss Wallow, you'll receive no special privileges because of your sex. I expect none. All right, let's return to the discussion. See, I was... Uh... Is this the table he meant? Well, yes, Miss. Well, Here, what? let me move these things over. Oh, yes. oh, oh dear. And now what? Uh, I, I, I uh, only dropped some test tubes, sir. It was all my fault. Well, pick them up. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a female student before? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, no, sir. <laughs> Here. Here, I'll help you. Oh, no, Mr. Sims, don't pick up glass with your bare hands. You'll cut yourself. Looks like I already have. Oh, my goodness. Well, the class is waiting. Have you two quite finished with your little chat? He's cut his hand rather badly, sir. Perhaps perhaps I'd better get something to bandage it with. May I offer my kerchief, miss? Careful of your dress. Uh, here's some water. Uh, are you all right, miss? Gentlemen. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If this is a chemistry class, I'm a... a Bunsen burner. Yes, yes sir. sir. Gentlemen, I have called this special faculty meeting to discuss a rather extraordinary question. A young lady with a degree from Vassar has applied for admission to MIT as an advanced student in chemistry. Hmm? <clears throat> yes, Dr. Andrews. I'm against it, Dr. Runkle. Unequivocally. Yes, I'm not surprised. But since her scholastic record is so high, I, I thought I'd let her enter a class or two without advance notice. Uh, Professor Ordway, uh, I believe she attended yours this morning. She certainly did. Now, bombshell couldn't have destroyed the discipline of that class any more effectively. Oh, you were there, Dr. Andrews? In a way, yes. 
And I say, let one female get her foot in the door, and before we know it, we'll be teaching classes in needlework and fudge-making. <laughs> Not a bad idea. No, dear me. You know, I, I'm afraid you're letting your dyspepsia influence your judgment, Doctor. Professor Richards will back me up, and he's a young man with a healthy point of view. What do you say about it, Richard? Well, no I one think... has asked me what I think about it, and I'm the one who suffers. Well, what do you think, Ordway? Well, the girl has spunk, no doubt about it. I, think... I tell you, if one gets her foot in the door... Why not allow her presence in classes, but not accept tuition? If there's any trouble from the outside of the Board of Regents, well, she simply is not a student here. I think no, that... I'm against it. Uh, Unequivocally. What is it uh, you were going to say, Richards? I think... Mm-hmm. Well, well, out with it. I just think she's beautiful. Tantalum oxide, 14.36. Cerium. Let's see now. That's odd. Miss Swallow, you still here? It's nine oh, o'clock. Oh. Oh, Professor Richard, I didn't hear you come in. Well, now, what are you doing? Not analyzing that Samarskite again. I'm afraid so. It's very mysterious, Professor. I've tried and tried, and it, it just doesn't add up. Well, students have been known to uh, stretch a little on their addition when their analyses didn't jive. <laughs> but the fact that mine doesn't add up to a hundred might mean the presence of some new element. Something we don't even know about. Oh, Professor, wouldn't that be simply, simply splendiferous? Mm-hmm. It's the student's favorite dream to be hailed as the discoverer of a new element in the Earth's old crust. At one time or another, they're all sure they've done it. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. No, you didn't. I don't want to be hailed as anything. I only thought that if there was a chance... You know, that... you're certainly not the, uh, <laughs> the dangerous person they were afraid you'd be when you first came. <laughs> Is that what you thought me? Well, I, uh... <laughs> no, no. No, but I have wondered all along what you plan to do with your scientific education. I know. The hand that rocks the cradle is too fragile to handle a test tube. Well, mine isn't. But how can you make other people believe that? By sharing what I learn here with other women. I'm going to prove there's a distinct science to homemaking that can be applied by every woman in her own kitchen. Not a bad try, Richard. Not bad at all. Now, watch the master. <laughs> you talk a wonderful game of billiards, Ordway. Do I? Watch this. Oh, well, the master's touch. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh, look who's coming. Old peptic ulcers himself. Oh. Well, gentlemen, have to come to the club for sanctuary from the feminine influence? I don't understand, Dr. Andrews. I hear your Miss Swallow's planning to hang lace curtains in Ordway's laboratory. I don't find that particularly funny. Well, you're not in style, then. Everybody else is laughing. And they're laughing at both of you. That's so? Your shot, Bob. Right. Of course, I can see how young Bob here would be taken in by a pretty face. But you, Ordway... You know, there's talk around Boston that we might lose our charter on account of her. Maybe you'd both change your minds again if that happened. I've heard about enough, Andrew. Now, wait a minute. I've got something to say, too. I don't doubt it. 
You, too, have probably divined why she's really going to a man's school. Such a wide choice of uh, <clears throat> prospective husband. Now listen, Dr. Andrews. Ordway and I have both instructed Ellen Swallow in class. We've watched her work and have proof of her seriousness as a student. Proof? She made an analysis of Samarskite. Found something missing, something she couldn't identify. Kept on trying and finally reported her suspicion that it contained a new element. Because of that report, a scientist in Kentucky has isolated two elements we never knew existed. And I have yet to hear her complain because she won't share in the glory. On the contrary, she's very happy about the whole thing. Come on, Ordway. You're shot. Professor Richard, come in. Good morning, Miss Swallow. Good morning. You don't mind having an observer in the lab today, do you? I'd be delighted. Mr. Herbert. How do you do? How do? Mr. Herbert is chairman of the advisory board in Boston. Oh, well, this is an honor. What would you like to see first, sir? What a woman could possibly find to do in a chemistry laboratory. Oh, I, I find plenty to do. I'm helping Professor Nichols at the moment, making water analysis for the Board of Health. And uh, when she's done her own work, she manages to get around to a few dozen other details, like cleaning up the lab after all of us sloppy males. <laughs> Wouldn't it be more practical to employ a charwoman for that duty and um, rather more orthodox morally? I beg your pardon? Uh, Mr. Herbert, perhaps we'd better show you how the chlorine content of water is determined now. What here. I'd like to know, Miss Swallow, is what good's all this going to do you in the kitchen? Well, why shouldn't chemistry be applied in the home, Mr. Herbert? Why shouldn't we know about pure water and pure foods? <laughs> Do you think anyone's going to accept those analyses of yours? Why not? I don't want to be a scientist to, to shut myself away from the world. I want everyday life to be cleaner and safer and, and, and more enjoyable. Some man will have to go over your tests when you've finished, you know. I disagree. Thank goodness the men I work with here aren't, aren't prejudiced bigots living in the dark ages. I'm getting tired of being insulted and treated like some kind of a, of a lower vertebrate. <laughs> Frankly, I feel very sorry for your wife, Mr. Herbert. Good morning. Well, I never... Miss Swallow. Ellen! Excuse me, sir. I think I'd better go after her. It only goes to prove my contention all the more. Motion is no place... Where are you going? You heard me. I'm going to report this for Dr. Uncle. <laughs> Miss Swallow. Ellen, I, I, I'm terribly sorry. I don't know why I had to go and be so darn childish. Oh, no. <laughs> he could even make trouble. Now, everything you said was true, and it's about time you said it. Now, don't you worry. I'll take care of him. But, but to break down cry like that in front of him in front of you oh. well now think of it this way suppose suppose you're making an analysis of tears you uh, we find a certain saline content several known factors but we also discover there is an element missing and and so it, it doesn't add up to a hundred that's right just as it was with your samarskite analysis in a tear, there's always a mysterious missing element. One that man has never been able to quite classify. It isn't written down in the books, Ellen. How? How can a person recognize it, then? By the way it acts. As a kind of catalytic agent. And by the way it hurts right under your heart? Yes, Ellen. That's just what it does. It hurts like the very devil. And when you discover that missing element in tears, 
What happens then? I know I'm in love. That I want to marry you. And be with you every moment. All the rest of my life. Oh, Robert. I know it too. Ellen. And, oh, my darling. I don't care whether it adds up or not. You're listening to Paging Miss Ellen, starring Geraldine Fitzgerald as Ellen Swallow Richards on the Cavalcade of America, sponsored by the DuPont Company, maker of better things for better living through chemistry. The early 1870s. A woman has been attending classes at Massachusetts Institute of Technology for the first time. Ellen Swallow's presence has caused its quota of shock comment, but her determination to become a chemist has proved her right to remain. But there was one thing she did not determine to do, however, and that was fall in love with a young professor of mining engineering and become Ellen Swallow Richards. Doesn't it sound heavenly, Rob? Professor and Mrs. Robert Hallowell Richards. At home, 32 Elliott Street. Oh. oh, there's never been such a beautiful wedding. Oh, and never, ever such a beautiful bride. Oh, Rob, I... Yes, darling? I... You don't mind if I... If I sort of pat us on the back, do you, Rob? What do you mean? Well, for furnishing the house ahead of time and having everything ship-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> to the last detail. Nobody can say we're impractical. Oh, no. And it's going to be such wonderful fun, proving that a home can be run scientifically and sensibly. Uh-huh. I'm so glad you agree with me, darling. We'll show all the doubters, won't we? Hey, mister, what was that address again? Of uh, 32 Elliott Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, 32. I suppose we're being awfully smug, but I... Say, uh, you two just got married, didn't you? Uh, yes. Uh... Yes, we did. <laughs> that man is an abyss of forgetfulness. He <laughs> waited for us at the church. Yes, I know. <laughs> We're going to be practical and modern, aren't we? Nobody's going to but say that... That's the first time she makes biscuits, mister. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is going to bring science into the kitchen. And my husband's going to apply engineering principles to all the household chores. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, folks, here we are. 23 Elliott Street. I said 32. Oh, 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 so you did. Get it. It's amazing. <laughs> Never forget the day I got married. I kept forgetting everything, too. Whoop, 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 there. Yep, here we are. Well, many happy returns. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Science in the kitchen. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a rattlebrain. He'd forget his head if it weren't tied on. <sighs> well, darling. Here we are. Mm hmm. Home. Now, I... Oh, that's odd. Well, I know I... What's wrong? Ellen. Yes. Oh, Ellen, my sweet. What is it? <laughs> I forgot the key. <laughs> Katie, do you want to look at the shopping list before I go? Oh, yes, Mrs. Now, let's see. Eggs, yeast. Apples? I could make a fine stew of what's left of the lamb. Good. Better get some more onions, then. Onions? Well, you know, Mrs., 
The other ladies in the block, they think it isn't genteel of you to be eating onions. Now, Katie, you haven't been talking over the back fence again. Oh, not exactly, but... Well, I can't help hearing things. The other ladies think it's strange of you to be going off to that college every day, working over the devil's own blue in that chemistry laboratory. No wonder she's partial to onions, they say. <laughs> well, I say, what's an old-fashioned lamb stew without onions? Oh, I'm afraid I'm after agreeing with you. Well, then, what do we care what the other ladies say? Oh, but it isn't only the onions, Mrs. They're saying what, about... Katie? You sure you want me to repeat it for you, word for word? Well, you seem determined to. Now, out with it. Well, they keep saying that what with you making tests at the Technology Institute and running that community kitchen in Boston and keeping a home, well, that there must be something queer about you. Something sort of unnatural. <laughs> and what do you think, Katie? I'm standing up for you every time I mention your name. It... But I can't help worrying. Now, Katie, look. You're going to be married soon. O'Connor's pretty proud of the way you've learned to keep a house and to set a good table, isn't he? Oh, that he is, Mrs. He was saying yesterday, Katie, since you came in, Mrs. Richard, you're certainly learning how to keep a fine, well-ordered home. Every time I stop by for a sample of your home-baked bread, he says to Katie, me, do you know why I'm making food tests at MIT? No, I don't know. To find out which foods are pure and which are impure. Oh. And I transfer my findings to the New England kitchen in Boston so that, so that people can have a place to buy good food <laughs> with onions and lots of vegetables. Uh. Food that are cheap to buy and good to eat. Oh, And here you. at home, well, I, I don't think Professor Richard is unhappy with the way we're doing things, do you? Oh, no, Mrs. He's about as happy a man as I ever did see. <laughs> well... Then tell the ladies next time you see them to stop worrying their pretty heads about us. We're doing fine. Ellen, are you very busy? I have something to oh, show Rob, you. Oh, Rob, just a minute till I finish the running this sample. Oh, how's it going? Oh, sometimes I get so disgusted. Now, now look at that. It's simply loaded with impurities. Uh-oh. Maybe I'd better take it over to mineralogy. We might even discover gold. Oh, I don't <laughs> doubt it. Oh, Rob, if my community catch kitchen would only catch on, if people only realized that vegetables and fruits and good balanced diets would make them feel better. It's a beautiful dream, Ellen. If the regents would let me start a woman's laboratory here, other women could be trained in this work. Well, maybe they will. What's the matter, dear? Oh, I'm so sorry I get so involved in this thing. I... I guess I'm pretty selfish. You had something to tell me. I have something to show you, Ellen. And I wish I didn't. What is it? Something in that newspaper? Yes, it's in the letters to the editor. It's that awful Mr. Herbert. Oh, you read it, Rob. All right. So-called New England kitchen is a pipe dream. Are you going to eat what some flighty female chemist tells you is good for you? Or are you going to eat what you like? The word like is in capital letters. Uh. If you begin by regulating your meals by a chart, you will end by living from, yes, even dying by a oh. chart. Oh, sometimes I wish a lady were allowed to swear. Go ahead, my darling. Fire away. I... I... I can't think of any suitable words. What good is Don or, or oh, fudge? And fudge isn't on your diet chart, huh? <laughs> can't they understand? Food that's good for you can taste good, too. Apparently nothing's good enough for our Mr. Herbert... And he's very influential, Rob. He could close the kitchen down. Oh, let him. <laughs> if I know you, Ellen, darling, you'll start another one first thing next morning.
How's the table look, Rob? Oh, magnificent. I'll bet old Andrew's eyes will pop out when he sees that centerpiece. <laughs> I never thought I'd live to see the day he'd come to dinner here. <laughs> or the day we'd invite him. Oh, I don't know. I guess I'm getting mellower or something. I realize now the poor thing's been led around by his stomach all his life. Well, I guess everything's ready. Oh? Will you ask Mamie to announce dinner? Well, well, dear me. A perfect dinner, Mrs. Richards. Absolutely perfect. Thank you, Dr. Uncle. Delightful. Centerpiece. Delightful. Uh, Did you arrange it yourself? With Mamie's help. She's very artistic. Mm. Dr. Uncle, Mm. wouldn't you say this is the time for your important announcement? Announcement? Oh, yes, yes. I feel that there could be no more propitious moment to inform our charming colleague that we have, after long consideration... An earnest discussion decided to... uh, What in thunder is that? Sounds like a parade. Oh, yes. Look, come over here to the window. It's a parade, all right. An army of silly females making a hullabaloo about women's rights, getting the franchise. Preposterous nonsense. I remember this is the night they set for their demonstration. Well, I say it's an outrage. And I suppose next thing we know, you'll be out there marching with him, Mrs. Richards, wearing bloomers, carrying placards. <laughs> I don't think so, Dr. Andrews. Why not? Aren't you always talking about women's rights, poppycock like that? No, it seems to me that the best way for a woman to find her place in the world is not to march for it, but to work for Thank it. Thank you, dear lady, for giving me such a fine opportunity for completing my announcement. Oh, yes. <laughs> it gives me great pleasure to inform you that MIT has decided to inaugurate a laboratory for the express purpose of educating young women in the field of science. And you, Mrs. Richards, are to be its first instructor. Congratulations, Ellen. I... I... I can't say anything except that it's... Oh, it's it's simply splendor for us. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Richards. Yes, Dr. Andrews. I uh, would like to ask you something. Of course. What is it? Well, I was just wondering, even with your new duties and all, if uh, perhaps you couldn't uh, find time uh, to teach my cook to cook. beg your pardon. Yes? Is there something I can do for you? I was looking for the chemistry laboratory. I I want to enroll in the course. That's why I came to MIT. Come in, my dear. You're in the right place. I'm Mrs. Richards. Now, take off your bonnet. I'll give you an apron and a table of your own to work on, and we'll get started right away. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, aren't there any other students? Not yet. You're my very first. But don't you worry. Women are going to be recognized someday as scientists, both in the laboratory and in the home. And pretty soon, there'll be so many students here, we won't know where to put them. And now, young lady, let's get to work.
Geraldine Fitzgerald will return in a few moments. Now, here's Geraldine Fitzgerald. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to talk to you from the heart, about the heart. One out of every three deaths in this country is caused by disease of the heart. Your help is needed to combat the nation's number one killer. So please, get in touch with the American Heart Association in New York City or communicate with your local heart association to find out how you can join the cardiac crusade and fight heart disease. Thank you. Tonight's original DuPont Cavalcade, Paging Miss Ellen, was written by Virginia Radcliffe. Now, featured in tonight's play with Geraldine Fitzgerald was Clayton Collier as Professor Richards. Music was composed by Arden Cornwell and conducted by Donald Bryan. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.